Poet Revolt Cosmetics helps you shine in all your moments with a variety of clean, cruelty-free, and non-sticky lip glazes. This makeup artist's created and approved brand carefully curates clean ingredients including peppermint to help you feel good and do good as a portion of proceeds goes to selected mentorship programs that give youth and young adults the confidence and tools to be successful. Holt Revolt offers long-lasting shine and moisture, and this is the part I'm excited about, Taylor. Tell me about it. <laughs> Holt Revolt is also offering our listeners a 10% discount off your next purchase using code CIRCLE when you check out. Get glazed today at HoltRevolt.com. That's H-A-U-T-E-R-E-V-O-L-T.com. Awesome. Go check it out, y'all. Check it out. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. So (laughs) in this episode, Amber and I sit down with her husband, Nick, and their longtime mutual friend, Cameron. Well, he goes by Cam. (laughs) (laughs) And they are both... um, professionals in the finance sector and we sit down and talk to them about personal finances and investments yeah and we also talked about like being in the business school mentorship um we also sprinkled in a little bit of forex controversy in there Mm -hmm. and got a little heated in the room (laughs) um but it was also just kind of cool just to have my husband i know i talk to you guys all the time about him um, and he finally, like, said yes to being a guest <laughs> on the show. So Just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey y'all, it's Amber Cherie. And I'm Taylor Bree. And this is the Inner Circle Podcast. So how was your weekend, Taylor? Uh, my weekend was pretty good. It, it went a little bit different than expected, but otherwise I still stayed busy. I feel that these weekends are just going faster and faster um, and I, I need them to slow down. I usually just chill, but this weekend I had my aunt's birthday dinner mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. then what else did i do oh i played dungeon and dragons so <laughs> <laughs> so it was a dungeon and dragons weekend and that's a four-hour event so that's dang near a full day um and then uh what else did i do i had brunch this morning the- did you have brunch with um just a friend okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um yeah, so we went to Louvino's on Mass Ave, and it was really nice. Oh, um, instead of the one in Fishers? Instead of the one in Fishers, yeah. Was, okay. He lives closer to downtown, so okay. I thought I would try that one. I've been to the one in Fishers a few times. I didn't realize how different Indianapolis is now. Like, mm-hmm. from when we grew up, like, the demographics, the businesses, mm-hmm. it was... I felt like I was in a city that I've never been in, to be completely honest. It can get a little high, like, depending on the area you're going into, it can be kind of higher up scale, or you can yeah. feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can feel like you just pulled up, you know, the yeah. street to, like, a mom and pop. Yeah, like, 
well i guess the main thing is i saw some spaces that i've never been in before Mm -hmm. and there was this office space that we went in where he works and it was just like really just elevated and Mm -hmm. refined and i was like this is a gem that nobody would really see so india is changing um there's a lot of um niche markets it seems like everywhere you go is so manufactured though because it doesn't have an actual city culture but yeah there's a whole bunch of little neighborhoods so yeah it was really cool um how was your weekend it was cool um i feel like i don't see you anymore yeah i know i feel like i don't see you either i feel like i went from like (laughs) seeing you every day whether you wanted me to or not and then sometimes like and talking to you every day and now I barely even talk to you you're always busy yeah I do stay quite busy these days that's what I was talking about (laughs) the days are flying by but then you know we were there when it matters yeah (laughs) and you're also in your 20s so I mean I I feel like when when I was in my 20s I was not home either yeah. and just kind of chilling with your friends and yeah. different things like that yeah lots of different um things fill up my calendar I guess yep but to answer your question um I had a the stomach bug that happened from last weekend mm. continued to linger throughout this week mm. and so I finally felt better this week um had some well-needed rest yes um but then also too brandon and chelsea were in town so we got a chance to have their like engagement lunch type situation that's awesome were you salty because you weren't invited yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i am salty but you know what it's fine yeah but um but yep we had that and it was kind of cool just hanging around family and her mom, um, I remember Chelsea talking about her mom and how she reminds her of our mom. Mm-hmm. For and sure. Definitely. Very yeah. like super chic, yeah. super like down to earth, yeah. like cute blazer, had her hair laid, yeah. jewelry to the nine, cute purse. Like yeah. her mom was fabulous. Always staying put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool just kind of hanging out on them. That's nice. I definitely feel like another thing that I noticed is just women from the midwest and maybe even south but black women specifically mm-hmm. always are dressed to the nine like depending on the generation they come from usually like they <laughs> they know how to put on a fit when they step out so yeah I love that I love that yep so um, we have an amazing show today we have um I'll wait to bring them in but I'm excited um two people that I adore um, and admire. So, um, but before we bring them in, I want to go ahead and ask Taylor, what's the word of the week for the listeners? So the word of the week is investment. Since this is kind Mm. of a financial themed podcast, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought investment was a really good word. Okay. So it's a noun and it is defined by the action or process of investing money or profit or material uh results okay okay oh for profit or material result yes so you know basically 
Um, investing is putting your energy or your money and um, into a place and then returning it back to yourself for something of value to you. Um, and I think of investment in my everyday life more is about energy more than money um, and also just, you know, cultivating a space that I really love to be in. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, that's the word <laughs> of the week. It's going to be investment. Find a way to use it. Maybe you'll invest into yourself or into a business for profit. And um, that's all I got for you. No, oh, that's good. So that's a good segue <laughs> to our guest today. Um, so first we have Cam. Um, Cam has a, um, a YouTube channel name um black swan mm-hmm. and i'll let him dig into it a little bit more because he has a story behind how he came up with that name and then um and also he can tell us a little bit about his background like taylor said this show is more about um the financial industry um just opening you guys to our inner circle people that are interested in business mm-hmm. and then the second um guess is uh, you guys have met him before it's my husband, Nick, um, and I'll try not to call him Nicholas. <laughs> uh, my husband, Nick, he has been in the banking space his entire career, and um, he does uh, things outside of work. He's in school and different things like that, so I'll let him talk about himself, too. So welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, good evening. <laughs> welcome so cam tell us a little bit about yourself well um uh i guess to start off with you know i will say that um like a lot of minorities i i came from humble beginnings uh, originally from the caribbean immigrated to the u.s back in the 2000s and um really didn't w- know what i wanted to do uh in terms of life. And I kind of stumbled into this field that I'm in right now. When I graduated college, I actually graduated uh, in 2007, December, 2007. So I came out right uh, in the 08 um, recession and kind of uh, struggled, found my way into this uh, financial sector uh, right now. So just fast forwarding, uh, I've done some stuff uh, working for Bank of America, GE Capital. Now I work for a Fortune 500 company doing commodity trading for them. Um, and um, yeah, it's been an interesting road. I'm uh, happy to chat with you guys and uh, share some information with your listeners as well. That's so interesting. I already can think of a thousand questions. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand questions. And also just to give a little bit of background, I met Cam because I um, actually, I, I don't even want to say through Nicholas because that really isn't true. I met Cam probably around the same time as Nicholas, but we had this um, group at the Kelly School of Business called Triad. And um, it's a mentoring program where you have someone that's a graduate student, which was Cam, and then you have a student that's already in the business school, and then you have someone that a student that is aspiring to be in the business school. And so Cam was actually one of the mentors, the graduate mentors, uh, along with a whole bunch of other um, graduate students. And so that was my first introduction to him. And got to know him a little bit more because he was Nick's mentor. Um, and so he's been a part of our life for, I don't know, how many years has that been? Going on 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. Because yeah. Cam started school 
fall of 11. That's when he was our, and that was our senior year. And that's when he became my mentor and Moose's mentor. But yeah, going on 10 years now. Because Cameron and I actually met at a football game, the tailgate. With the yeah, tailgate. yeah, yeah. I, I also yeah. have to say that, you know, now I get advice from Nick. So, you know, <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> so, Nick, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, for all the listeners, I'm, I'm Amber's husband, Nick. Um, but really I've been in the banking industry since I, I graduated from IU undergrad. So going on about nine years now, I've worn a couple of hats within like the banking realm. Um, but you know, primarily I've just focused on like cash management for, um, for organizations, primarily like what are called middle market companies. So typically companies that have like 20 million in revenue and on up. Um, but really, you know, I went to IU for my undergrad I majored in marketing started out in banking right after that. And then over the last like year and a half, I've been pursuing my, my MBA at IU. And then most recently decided to also pursue a master's in accounting as well. So don't ask me why I decided to do it at the same time, but you know, I'm going to be in school for about another year and a half and can't wait for group projects and zoom meetings to, to end on that front. But thanks for, thanks for having me though. <laughs> well, welcome. We're glad to have you, babe. Um, so I guess Taylor, you have, so Taylor is getting, is new established in her career. Okay. And also learning more about the like finances period. Mm -hmm. So what, what questions? Cause Taylor actually has been watching some of Cam's black swan videos mm -hmm. and, and is actually a follower mm -hmm. on his YouTube actually before, and then likes up <laughs> yeah well actually before because i'll um put taylor to asking the questions but cam just to let the listeners know before she starts asking different questions mm -hmm. um can you tell us a little bit about black swan and why you chose the name and what what was the thought behind that brand so um i guess it, to start off with in in the field of finance uh, black swan is uh, a, a, a an event that has a very low probability of occurring. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a normal distribution, it's kind of that tail risk where it's very unlikely that it'll occur. Same thing that happened in 2008, that was very unlikely to occur where we had financial institutions uh, fail and all these companies that were going under. And here we are, we find ourselves, you know, on the tail end of another recession. So coming into this COVID crisis, um, I said, hey, you know, I got to diversify, kind of need to, you know, do something just to spread some knowledge uh, in our community. Because one of the things that I found is a lot of us don't understand what's going on. We don't um, necessarily pay attention to the warning signs as they're coming. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see things on the news and we will just follow what's going on, you know, that's trending, not necessarily understanding what uh, other dominoes are going to fall. So I wanted to start the channel to kind of explain and demystify some of the financial concepts. Um, talking to even my family members, one of the things that I noticed is, hey, you know, they're interested in trading, but they're just thinking, oh, I'll, I'll get on Robinhood and I'll do this, I'll do that. And that's not the way you want to go about doing it. You're going to lose money that way, you know, and there's a variety of different reasons, but I wanted to educate people on all those different aspects and make sure that they understand what they're doing and they don't jump into those activities until they've set up other things like emergency fund and so on. 
What's really interesting about that is you talk about Robin Hood, and Robin Hood is going crazy over the last year because I'm sure, just like you said, you were trying to diversify um, things that you were involved in um, with Black Swan. I know for some people, Robin Hood is like their way of diversifying a different stream of income and stuff like that. Um, what, what when you say you're going to lose money I guess I just hear so many success stories with it that I'm so <laughs> curious like where that's coming from or what your take on it is oh why I think you know a lot of people will lose money yeah uh, invest okay yeah so most people when they invest in a stock they're just thinking okay it's been in the news or my friend told me about this company mm-hmm. this stock it's been going up I'm going to go ahead and buy it Mm-hmm. they don't take the time to research what the company does. Mm-hmm. They don't research who their competitors are, mm-hmm. what's on the horizon, what the debt structure is of the company. And basically they're going in blind. They're just taking other people's advice. And mm-hmm. when it comes to investing, one of the key things is trust, but verify. You really have to do your own research. And I'm not saying, Hey, you need to go through all their financials and stuff like that, but you, you really need to have an understanding of what the company does read through some of the latest news on the company so you understand what are the specific headwinds that they have coming up in the near term. And also, you have to keep watching it so you know when to get out. Mm -hmm. And with Robinhood, the reason why it's free is because they actually, they don't give you the best execution. So what I mean by that is if you wanted to buy a stock, let's say it's, uh, I don't know, analytics.com. Let's say that's the name of the company. Mm-hmm. you wanted to buy the stock for $50 a share. Mm-hmm. They'll say, okay, you, you come to us, you know, we'll go ahead and shop it out to this person, that person. We'll tell them that you want to buy it at 50 bucks per share. And then they can go out there. They can bid the price up. Oh, now it's actually $51 a share. And you'll end up buying it for $51 and 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to another company, for example, um, you know, TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm you can actually get that same stock for a little bit less. You know, it could be $49.50. So you get better execution because they aren't front running your trades or they're not uh, letting other people get ahead of you once you put your order in. And you can go online, you can Google this. Um, Wall Street Journal, they've documented that. So that's one of the key areas where even if you have the right idea in terms of picking the right companies, just by executing your trades, through that platform, you're going to be at a slight disadvantage compared to other folks when they're executing it on other platforms. So mm-hmm. you, you can lose a little money that way, meaning that the stock has to go up more for you to you know, make more money. Yeah. The other thing is people aren't doing their research. And if you're not prepared to lose the money that you're investing, mm-hmm. then you, know, you can find yourself in hot water. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, a friend of mine, he was, um, I don't want to put any names out there, but basically he was getting 100% disability from the, the military. Yeah, okay. There's nothing, nothing wrong with him. You know, he, he just, he, he, he knows how to work the system. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, when the recession started, they said, hey, we noticed you're not filling any of the prescriptions. We're going to go ahead and uh, knock your disability down. So now he's down to 25% disability. Oh, so wow. he actually has to start working now. So he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, you know, start trading stocks. The thing is, he can't afford to lose the money. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you know he's got kids so mm -hmm. now he's actually finding himself you know taking the time researching the companies reading through their financials and all that because he realizes hey i got lucky at first but now these losses started to come in yeah. i can't afford to keep taking these losses because i'm not getting the same kind of income that i was before so yeah and I'd, I'd also add too, like most people they don't realize that like the stock market I mean, if you look at it across since, you know, let's say like the, from like the Great Depression through present, you'll notice that there's an upward trajectory, you know, over the course of the years. But in between those years, whether it's, you know, days, weeks or months or even a couple of years, you know, there's always ebbs and flows. Like yeah. for the most part, stocks are all not always there. Most of the time, stocks are going to trend upwards in terms of like your return. So getting, you know, netting you back something. But in the interim, there can be, you know, good days and bad days um, in between there that I think pre-COVID, a lot of people didn't realize they just kept hearing like the economy so good, um, like the, you know, everything's like really bullish and all the stocks are rising. So when COVID hit and, you know, stocks are decreasing, people are like, hey, what the heck's going on? Like this isn't supposed to happen when in reality it was kind of due for a reset. So you always have to be very careful with that. Yeah. Um, one of my, I've been doing a little bit of financial investment um, research and something that I hear a lot of investors um, advise, investing advisors say is time in versus timing to get in so a lot of people try to play the market on when buy when it's low sell high right but um a lot of times there will be these ebbs and flows so you could get in when it's low and it can drop lower but then it's always going to come back up if you just wait on it um mm -hmm. but i think so I have some friends in Forex and I have some friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know what, Cam, I'm sorry. Just, just I don't know what you guys invited us on. No, I'm just kidding. Go on, Taylor. I, I love go. this. This is entertaining to me. Here we go. <laughs> I have some friends on Forex that I'm not interested in getting involved. It just feels too, like the idea of it's there, but all the different um <laughs> the gimmicky like pro not profiles what do you call them those gimmicky um groups to join and stuff like that that help you and forex and stuff is what yeah. you need um but uh i know that from time to time they are making 100 200 percent returns in like five minutes which i don't understand i don't i don't get it i really Cam's face looks like <laughs> let me just oh, I, finish i, I don't oh get God. it I, I really do want to know so if anyone who's not out there foreign exchange is what we're talking about which from all the presentations i've set through two <laughs> they talk about and those are two presentations or however long it lasts and you can't ever get back in life i just want to let you know that that's probably at least two hours the first the second one i didn't even know that's what we were doing though to be completely honest they're like hey let's talk about finance here's a zoom link and then i get it and it's like but anyways um basically i know the market works by the dollar the foreign exchange going up and down um, using the American dollar and getting a return back in some other marketplace. I don't totally understand it, but why do you guys 
not like the idea of forex. Speaking uh, of like I, a professional, you guys know I, that. I mean, it's, it's funny you bring that up because Cam and I we actually sat in on like one of these meetings. I mean, at the end of the day, you know. By the you, way, they kicked can, me out of that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can put my name on it. I don't care. Like it's. It's a pyramid scheme at the end of the day, multi-level marketing scheme. You know, they're just trying to get people, as many people underneath them to get paid. I mean, mm-hmm. I work with foreign exchange colleagues and it's not as easy as, you know, make a hundred percent, 200% return of five minutes. If that were easy, then like there wouldn't be any need for like any of my colleagues I work with. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I mentioned before, so I work in cash management for organizations so that, that, that means like we're talking about optimizing like receivables, they're payable. So this thing about like your personal banking on steroids, but for like corporations. Mm-hmm. But anyway, a lot of these companies, they have needs outside the U.S. So like they have to pay some of their vendors in China or in Italy. Mm-hmm. And so what you had mentioned, Taylor, was, you know, the dollars like the gold standard. Mm-hmm. So like the like when you translate like a dollar to let's say like the Chinese renminbi or something Mm -hmm. like every day that currency like that however like if you give someone a dollar however much they give you a renminbi that 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 ebbs and flows it's kind of like the stock market it changes every day and so there's people like my foreign exchange colleagues that actually study that and they're advising people on like how you can what's called like hedge or protect like your dollar against that ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. so that at the end of the day, your dollar can go as far as it can, like when they're, you know, buying so-called goods and stuff. So then it ticks me off when I hear, you know, people that claim that they're a foreign exchange expert and you can make X amount of dollars. So I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about because I work with these people and they're advising CFOs of several hundred million dollar corporation on like why it's a complex topic. It's not as easy as, I've seen advertisements on Instagram where they're like, yeah, all you have to do is copy and paste and you're going to make like a 200% return. Like, no, it doesn't work like that whatsoever. Um, So that's why it just pisses me off because people don't know what they're talking about. At the end of the day, I feel like, and this is probably for, you know, another topic outside of finance. I feel like it's like people, they're always looking for a get rich quick scheme because they don't want to put in that effort or read about it or study about it and they're just looking for easy come up when it's a foreign exchange is a very complex topic and it's not as easy as you know you download an app or you pay a thousand dollars for some course and you're going to be a millionaire within like a couple months it it doesn't work like that so i'm so don't be coming to me asking about like, hey, like I have this grand idea. I want you to join my 4X team. Like, please don't. <laughs> I, I just want to add a couple things on this one. So piggybacking off uh, what Nick mentioned, take, for example, what the professionals do. Mm-hmm. They actually take the time and they study the politics of it. Mm-hmm. For example, what uh, bills uh, are the, is the U.S. government proposing? They look at the uh, board of governors on the Federal Reserve. So these are the folks that actually lead the, the Fed. Yeah. And they say, okay, well, who do we think is going to get elected to the board of governors? What, what are their views on the market? And if they were to get elected, how do we think that will influence you know, what they do? Um, and then if you want to stump someone that's pushing Forex, mm-hmm. one of the questions you can ask them is, okay, in the next three months, what events do you see that will impact exchange rates? 
and you can just pick exchange rates, whichever one you want, you know, the USD and the Euro. If they can't answer that question, they can't give you one or two examples. They have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that you can expect if they do have an idea of what they're talking about is, okay, well, you know, uh, the uh, US and China, they're supposed to be having another meeting. Mm-hmm. Are there going to be any repercussions coming out of that where there's going to be some shank- sanctions or stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen with a new bill that uh, President Biden is proposing? How is that going to increase the U.S. debt? How is that going to affect the exchange rates? All of that goes into it. So mm-hmm. Forex as a whole is way more complicated than just trading stocks altogether. So yeah. you know, if you want to start something start with stocks don't start with forex that is way more complicated and there's so many other variables i mean you're talking about the entire globe versus you know just one individual company that you have to focus on mm-hmm. right now that's a good point cam because i remember even when was it um i think it was like leading up to like january when the runoff in georgia was still happening like we were having our foreign exchange colleagues on the line talking about well what's going to happen if let's say the republicans they keep the, the Congress or what happens if it's going to be a split house? What, how, that, how is that going to affect, you know, the foreign exchange market? So I think th- those are like really good points to, to consider as, <laughs> as well. But yeah, it's a very complex topic and it's not as easy as, you know, as people make it seem um, on social media. That's not the case whatsoever. Oh, and one last thing. <laughs> Notice how they never mention how much money they invested they never mentioned that. So, I mean, are we talking about, okay, you put 40 bucks in, 50 bucks in, and you made a hundred percent return, or are you talking about, okay, you put $7,000 in and you made a hundred percent return. Now that's the kicker because you can do the exact same thing with stocks as well. Yeah. If you put 40 bucks in and you made, you know, 80 bucks all together. Oh, wow. Yeah. I made a hundred percent rate of return. You know, there's a lot of window dressing that goes on with this stuff as well. Yeah, it's like gambling. It's like, you know, they always talk about how much they win, but it's like, how much did you also lose too at the same time? Yeah. And two, it's like, I, I always get suspicious if like someone has to keep proclaiming something, like shine it from the window tops, like, all right, you're making that much money, but why do you have to keep recruiting people to be on your team? Like, why? Yeah. Like, if, if you're making that much money, like, why do you need to keep telling people that? I feel like if you're loud about it, there's like something else going on. Um I don't know. So that's, it, I, I don't really like the topic. So I hope that hopefully that, that, that hopefully opens up your eyes about it though. <laughs> I, I just want to make it clear that I was not interested in getting uh, into it. Cause I do feel like exactly those things that you said that it, it feels like a pyramid scheme. Um, <laughs> when you're over here talking about the different, like laying out the levels of the pyramid to me as, what else am I supposed to think like oh you know you do this and you'll make it to a d20 or a d10 you'll be a chairman and all this other crap they have like different classes to them and stuff like that (laughs) yeah yeah I think in the in the end of the day it is kind of a pyramid scheme um (laughs) but I also just kind of think about um the market that is in this um, Forex, which is mostly Black people and mostly young Black people. And that kind of is saddening to me in the sense that, you know, people are getting hoodwinked essentially into this type of market. And I wonder what 
I wonder why that is and also kind of how to mitigate that and maybe through the education of investments and smarter investments, um, we could have people actually making real money, you know? I think it just comes down to like, it's probably a, a millennial and younger generation. They, they want, they want it to be easy. You know, they, they look at Instagram, all their influencers or other friends or celebrities, and they want to get like that very quickly rather than putting in the blood, sweat or tears that it actually took to get there. At the end of the day, there's always going to be exceptions where there's going to be a few, a handful of people that make it big, whether it's off of, you know, investing like through like the Rob through, not through Robinhood, but through like the whole GameStop stuff, um, stuff or just random investments. And they really make it big. But I mean, those are so few and far between that most people, you know, they're going to have to either they're going to have to work and try and save up that money or they're going to have to keep climbing up and getting to that level or, you know, strategically invest. Um, or maximize their or maximize their money as best they can to get there one day, but it's never going to be overnight, though, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Taylor, I, I think it it really boils down to one key thing: lack of financial literacy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really what it boils down to. And you know, as a community, you know, we tend not to understand all these concepts. And if you want to be able to catch a crook, you got to know how the crooks operate. Yeah. And we have no idea, you know, most of us. So that's why, you know, we end up going ahead and saying, oh, let me go ahead and give this a try and see if I can get rich. But there, there are no shortcuts, just like Nick said. Yeah. You got to learn the craft in order to really be able to profit off of it consistently. Oh, that's such a good segue. I have another question <laughs> for you guys. So both of you guys went to business school. What would you say is the biggest thing or topic, concept, um, subject that you took away from business school that you are applying to your current role or you apply to your actual like day-to-day life mm-hmm. i can tell that um from what and i can give an example i was going to say what cam was saying and just knowing nick it's a it's a long race it's not something that you just pick up overnight it's something that you have to work out throughout your whole life and plan for it strategically yeah but not necessarily like a concept of like the business school but like we learn a lot in business school Mm -hmm. so all of us went through kelly you learn things about the environment you Mm -hmm. learn like business law Mm -hmm. you learn you know um, accounting you learn finance like you learn a whole bunch of like I, I would say probably the biggest thing, and I can go first, is networking. I used to network the heck out of them. Like, <laughs> there you, <laughs> you know, go. Kelly Roundtables, those uh, job fairs, um, just being the president of NABA, you know, like just seeing like, you know, being able to do a whole bunch of different things. I would say probably if nothing else, obviously I'm appreciative of my accounting degree and that it was really hard getting it. But I would say probably like the biggest thing that if I never did accounting anymore and networking would probably be the biggest thing and resume writing because my first resume, the UCSO tore my stuff up. Like that, <laughs> the, the counselor was just like, this is trash. And, it, you know, and the fact that they were that very blunt and honest, they really wanted you to be the best because you're going to one of the best schools in the country, mm-hmm. in the world, you know. So that would be like the two things I took away. 
Um, I would say for me that the two things that I really walked away from uh, the whole grad school experience with were number one, I could do it. Um, I could tell you, you know, going to a predominantly white institution in the middle of small town, Indiana, you know, <laughs> some people call the, it God's country camera. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was Texas, but you know, we can call it Indiana too. Um, but, um, you know, no, I can, I can definitely do it. That's one of the key things that, you know, I walked away with, you know, uh, talking to classmates and, you know, they come from a variety of different backgrounds, you know, at the end of the day, if you put in the effort, it seems complicated at first, but everything is at its core relatively simple. 90% of the, the material, 90% of stuff in life, you know, it's, it's relatively simple. You just have to spend some time to understand some of the, the foundational stuff. And then uh, number two, I would say is, you know, how to pour through data. And the devils are, the devil is in the details. You know, if you spend enough time and you just look through the data on anything, you will realize why this person is blind. You'll realize what this person's motivation is. You'll realize a lot of different things that can help you out in business and also personal. You know, you know, I'm recently married and, you know, one of the things that we had to deal with when we got married is how do we join finances? And, you know, having that data analytics skill really helped out uh, quite a bit. Um, so those are the two things for me that I walked away with. Uh, probably like, you know, Babe said probably networking is, is always number one for me, but I think it's along with networking, but it's just maximizing resources at the end of the day. I mean, you know, they, they have so many resources at your disposal to, um, to help you succeed, whether it's providing a mentor or getting someone to read over your resume and critique it, help you out doing mock interviews or walking you through the career website so you know where to apply for internships or, you know, full-time opportunities that um, I think just having, the, having that at your disposal is just critical. Um, and I think that can just be applied for anywhere in life is like, if you're able to look for whatever resources are at your, are at your fingertips, that's going to, you know, help you. I feel like, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this. So I'll, I'll definitely raise my hand, but we're, we're all like, we can all be inherently lazy. And when there's a lot of stuff that you can just, you know, open up your laptop or just open up your phone or call someone, then someone can help you out with, as long as you at least start doing the work. It, not everyone's going to do the work for you. So at the end of the day, you have to do a lot of it, but still just knowing where to go um, is just kind of critical for, for success though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. I definitely can um, relate to that. Okay. So the next question mm -hmm. Um when you guys were in business school, um, were the, there ever a time, so I'm not sure like what the structure of uh, MBA, you're an MBA too, right, Cam? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, program may be like, but do they teach politics? Because a lot of what Cam was saying earlier, um, finance does not work in a vacuum and politics seems to cross over a lot. So is there like a finances and society type of class or something like that, that they, <laughs> they actually teach you and prepare you for the world of like real life finance, or is it mostly conceptual? I, and then I'd love to hear of uh, Nick's uh, <laughs> view on this as well, but 
and uh, Kelly, it was a lot of case studies and discussion. Yeah. And one of the discussions that stood out to me was a scenario. We were reading the case and I can't remember what class it was specifically, but basically there was a manufacturing facility and the facility was losing money. And one of the options were to lay people off, force them to um, work overtime um, for less pay. It was, it was something like that. And when they opened it up to discussion, you start to realize that, okay, people are kind of, you know, siloed, you know, there's one group of people that say, Hey, you know what, we're going to cut their benefits and we're going to make them work the same amount of hours. There's another group of people that say, Hey, we're just going to lay people off. And you start to realize that, okay, this is getting really political, you know, and people's sometimes look at just the numbers and not the human aspects of what the actions are. And right that's when you start to realize, okay, there's some politics in this. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you got to figure out the, the person across the table, what's most important to them. Mm -hmm. Is it the bottom line or is it the, the human side of the equation? Uh, but that's the only way that we really got into it. There, there wasn't a specific class that just said, okay, here, yeah, you know, how, here's how you look at the politics of uh, whatever situation you're faced with. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. So just for everyone listening, so Cameron, he he took the, um, he got his MBA through like Kelly's full-time MBA program. So that's where, you know, he wasn't working. He was in school full-time. And I'm currently pursuing my MBA part-time where I'm, you know, working full-time, but also taking school at night. So so I'm going to the uh, to the Kelly school downtown. He's, he went to the flagship program. But anyway, long story short, mine was very similar. So like we, we'd always like discuss case studies or just, general just current events and we would like one of the things that always stood out to me was like the whole robin hood thing so you know some people they knew um they had only heard like headline news about what was going on with robin hood but others knew like some of like the more intricate stuff like details that were going on but to karen's point i mean there wasn't any sort of like politics and finance class it was mainly like hey let's just have a discussion about hey what's going on in the world of finance is there something more to the story than just headline news that's really driving this um, and where can we dig into to kind of find that? I just think that's interesting because just like with I'm science, so um, I know there's not much on the surface looking at it that may relate to finance, but um, and when you get deeper to it, anything is not in a vacuum. So um, talking about science in terms of ethics and um, stuff like that, and finances is, is a science as well. So I just think about the fact that none of it works by itself. There's always going to be many other factors that come into it. I wish my wish is that to push financial literacy in a way that people can actually apply it is to start those finance classes in middle school um, and especially focusing with people of color or um, inner city schools and stuff like that. I, think I would definitely totally agree with that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like, I like certain science courses, but I don't know if I really needed to know, like, you know, to take a physics course and like my senior year of high school when I felt like that could have been served for, let's say, like a budgeting course or maybe like a beginner's tax course. I mean, I was blessed that the high school I went to, they offered business classes. So I was able to take 
accounting courses, I was able to take a personal finance class. Um, and within those classes, they did talk about taxes and stuff like that. So I did have a leg up, but to your point for other schools, they don't offer something like that. So of course they're just relegated to the education that they receive. Mm -hmm. So outside of that, they have to be taught that from their parents, but if their parents might not know it, then it's just like, they're kind of walking through it blindly, which is very sad, but I feel like to your point, they need to introduce more personal finance courses or budgeting course or tax course earlier rather than, you know, never. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say though, you're also going to face uh, some, some of the politics in uh, science as well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a, a conversation with someone about uh, global warming. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets really political. And on top of that, there's uh, some finance in it as well, you know, exactly. depending on, you know, are they, what's their bottom line? Do they work for an energy company or something like that? Yeah. You know, all of that factors into the equation. So yeah, there's politics in everything, everything. That's I mean, we, we see it with like COVID though. I mean, yeah. some people believe about COVID, others don't. And it's like, there's science right there that says COVID is real. Yeah. Um, but hey, they want to live on the extreme end. So it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to, to change them otherwise. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm trying to hint at is like, yeah, everything is interconnected at some point. So I guess I think um, having people be more aware of all the different intricacies and things may not be necessary because then you will get so deep in a rabbit hole with everything. But just a topical view of every little thing being a jack of all trades, <clears throat> I think really could benefit um, finances and science and global warming and everything, you know, <laughs> not looking at it as a singular view, but. It yeah. was more of a comment than a question. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of global warming, we're at that tipping point. I think they, you know, they uh, they need to clean up their act by what twenty thirty five or something, or else it's all is lost for the most part. Well, Biden, <laughs> President Biden, just put in a whole bunch of money into um, GM. I think it was like five billion, ten billion, something like that for them to convert trucks, semis into um, uh, solar, not solar powered. Electric. Um, electric, yes. There we yeah. Go. So um, that's going to be, a, that's big. Maybe look into those stocks, GM stocks, and see <laughs> um, what um, you can make off of that. But yeah. I, okay, this is like a really basic question. <laughs> but how would you, so I understand stocks as shares in a company, right? But how would you break down um, like partial stocks and stuff like that to someone who wasn't interested in investing in stocks? That's a good question. Kim, do you have some feedback? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Nick would take this one. <laughs> so, wait, so let me get this let me get this straight. So the question is like, how would you break down partial stocks to yeah. someone that, you know, doesn't really know too much about stocks and stuff? Yeah. Like on an entry level, very basic. Um, so are you talking about like puts? And no, she's talking about like Robin Hood where you could, you know, if, if like, so for example, like I, I think I own like 13 shares of Nike, whatever that's valued at. I don't know. But with like Robinhood and some of these other newer apps, you can own, um, 
let's say like half a share. Mm -hmm. So like people like they like with Bitcoin, like they don't own a full thing of Bitcoin. They own like a 0.00 whatever of Bitcoin. So it's just, it's just really, and Cam, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just slicing up the pie even more. So it's, like the whole point of like Robinhood is giving it is is for those investors that normally wouldn't have the the money to buy various shares of stock or cryptocurrency and other alternative currencies, giving them the power to by allowing them to buy very like even smaller chunks of a piece of a company or a piece of a cryptocurrency yeah. is basically kind of how you know I understand it. So like I have a in a in a, an investment account through TD. And I don't think you can, but typically you can only buy like one singular share of stock or more, but like with Robinhood and other ones, you can buy like, let's say one fifth of a share of a, of a stock or a 0.000% of Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency. So it just allows folks that maybe wouldn't have bought shares of stock or were discouraged to because they were kind of turned off from like the price of a stock or an investment to start wading into into the waters um, and start that process. I think the whole point of Robinhood is to give more power to the to the common people. But with that, you have to be careful, which what we saw with GameStop was a lot of these people and I don't want to single them out, but they don't have a big education on understanding what was going on. So they kept seeing GameStop keep going up, up and up. And rather than like when they should have bought in really early and really seen like their investment really return, instead they bought in really high. And for some people, they actually took out loans yeah. and they bought in super <laughs> high. And then after that, the stock, um, the stock tanked. Yeah. So um I don't know if that answers your question or Cam, if you want to correct me if I'm wrong, you're the, you're the expert No, no, here. no. I don't, I don't think there's anything uh, wrong that you said, but I do want to just take a step back because I think this is a really interesting question that a lot of people will get value out of. Mm -hmm. So just taking a step back, stocks, bonds, the way I like to explain it is, you know, there are a couple different ways that companies can raise money. Mm -hmm. One, they can go and they can borrow from the bank and the bank says, hey, as long as you pay me my money, and you meet my terms and conditions, I don't care, do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Or they can go and uh, raise money from uh, investors. That would be the stockholders. And it's kind of like if you need, let's say you're married and you need to borrow money, you can go to the bank and get a loan. The bank will look at your financial situation and say, okay, you know, as long as you pay me back, I don't care. Or you can go to your in-laws and you can ask to borrow some money. If you go to your in-laws, you know what they're going to say. They want to get all up in your business. They want to say on how you run your household. And that's exactly what stockholders get. They get a say, a voting right. They get to vote on different things that the company are doing. Now, when you talk about owning uh, fractional shares, one of the, the things, and I honestly haven't looked into this, but if let's say, you know, five people own one share, but that share only has one vote. Mm. How, do, how does that work? Mm. And I think for anyone that's interested in buying these fractional shares, especially if it's a company that's kind of maybe teetering on the edge, it could either break up or it could just you know implode. They really need to figure out, okay, who holds the voting rights to those fractional shares? Mm. Because it could be that, hey, you own share, but you don't have any say in the voting rights. Yeah. So 
that's that's um, something to consider. Yeah, I didn't even think about the voting rights. That's a really good point. That is really a good point. So intricate, like in the sense of, oh, I'm just, my mind is kind of exploding right now. In the sense of, <laughs> like, I'm thinking, I can't help to think, though, of this meme that's like, I don't want to brag, but I have 0. 0.002 of a Bitcoin. <laughs> and that's kind of what led me to this question of like, okay, but you don't even, if you don't own a full share, how does that work? So that was really nice and um, that you clarified that about the voting rights. Um, I also think with the return, it should be like the same return, correct? Or, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cool. What would you guys say is when, if we're moving on to financial literacy, cause I know we're almost out of time, but with financial literacy, what would you say is a biggest feedback or a tip that you can give to our listeners as they're starting out on their finance journey? Well, um, number one, check out the YouTube channel, Black Swan Financial. (laughs) Um, We go through all of this on a regular basis, but uh, if you just, (laughs) uh, no shame, but if you're just getting started, a couple things, number one, Pay yourself first, even if you have student loans, even if you have uh, other debt, car note, you know, make sure you pay yourself for, first. And what that looks like is when you get your paycheck, automatically have some of it go towards your savings. And even if you think, OK, this COVID crisis is on the, you know, it's on its way out. We're about to come out of this. You can look at, you know, history. Mm-hmm. And that's when the next crisis typically typically um, starts up. So, you know. I would make sure you pay yourself first. And number two, have at least, or aim to have at least eight months of emergency fund. Mm. And you may not be able to do that straight out the gate, especially if uh, you have a lot of student loans and you're just trying to keep your head above water, but you really need to make sure that you have enough to cover if you get into a car accident uh, and um, you're without your car and you have to have a rental car, Mm. you know, you need to be able to cover those sort of expenses uh, for some time. And also, I would encourage people to find out if they were to lose their job, how much unemployment they would get. Mm. Because I think for a lot of people, they assume that, hey, there's a safety net. I keep hearing about unemployment. Nah, man, <laughs> you, you really need to figure it out because, you know, on the top end in, in some states, you could get just 200 bucks a week, you know, and that mm. really doesn't cover your expenses, your rent, that kind of thing. So if you plan to operate with very low savings you really need to know if stuff hits the fan what are you going to do yeah i actually really like that idea i never really thought about unemployment until i lost my actual job Mm -hmm. um which it was just like different to like think about because Mm -hmm. like you're so used to having that salary especially if you're in a market that maybe has like a need you always Mm -hmm. think that you're going to like pick up but sometimes it doesn't work out like that depending on you know how we are you know how the world is at the time that's such thank you cam i never thought about the unemployment thing i would also like to add to that um something that i've got together is um 
making sure you have short-term disability so if you do get in that car accident they mm-hmm. will give you some money um and then like even being double triple covered i don't know exactly how that works but i know um with one of the health insurance that i was looking at um and actually enrolled in, but that's a whole nother story um they would have a allowance they, they gave you like if you were in the hospital um unconscious we give you 150 dollars a day type of situation hmm. um which hmm. is really nice that's cool so yep. just look into your options of places that ensure that your life will be taken care of if stuff does hit the fan yeah sure. and that that actually just uh, made me think of one other thing if you're a little bit more established um when i say a little bit more established let's say you know you kind of you're in your your career field and you've paid off the majority of your debt you may want to start looking at life insurance mm. sooner rather than later. And I know most people, they end up getting it through their employer, but Hey, if you leave your employer mm-hmm. and you have to get life insurance with the next employer, the price is going to be higher because mm-hmm. one of the things that I've learned, I learned it the hard way, <laughs> the older you get, the the more expensive the life insurance is. Yeah. So yeah. if if you plan to retire with that company that you're currently with, and for whatever reason that doesn't happen, and down the line, let's say you're 35, you go to another company and you want to get life insurance, it's going to be a lot more expensive than what you were paying with your other employer. So mm-hmm. even if you have the option to get the coverage with your employer, you may want to look at getting it with a, a third party company such as Northwestern Mutual or something like that. That way, it's not tied to one employer. You can still get the insurance through your employer, but I would recommend at least having some coverage outside of your employer just in case. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure. Nicholas? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll make a shameless plug for Cam's uh, Black Swan YouTube page. That's where I've gotten some good financial advice. Um, but it, for anyone that likes to read, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's a really good one. Um, very short read, very simplified. But I think to Cam's point, pay yourself first. Um, if you can and you're able to, give some funds to, um, to God as well, just because you're always going to need the big guy upstairs for whatever events are going to happen throughout life. And there will be events that happen, whether good or for bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do have any extra funds, you know, put that towards an emergency savings account. Um, and then even to Cam's point, as you get more established, you know, if you do have some even further extra funds, maybe start doing more research on like, what are some of your passions in life and maybe translating that to investing? Like for me, um, I've always been big into sports. So I've always loved Nike. Nike was my big thing. And so, I've, you know, when I was younger, I started looking at like their annual reports. We had to do like a report like that in high school. And I ended up investing in them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So like kind of look for like those passions, like whether it's it's fashion or, you know, sports, whatever, and figure out maybe what are some companies or industries that you could invest in through those passions that, you know, you wouldn't mind reading up on about and to Cam's earlier point, doing some further research and maybe parking some funds there to start, to start taking that step towards investing. And then even now too, with the way like our medical system is set up on a separate note, Mm -hmm. if your employer is able, it offers it, but putting money towards a a health savings account as well, because you never know what type of emergencies are going to happen and you don't know what your employer's um, type of coverage is too. So if you can put money towards that or even maximize it, maximize it if able, I would definitely try and do that. Mm. A light bulb just went off. 
um, because I was trying to figure out my health insurance situation and they kept saying HSA and I was like, I don't know what the heck that is. <laughs> health savings account. Got it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and for and just so you know, for the most for some and you guys have to correct me, but I think for the most part, you can take your health savings account mm-hmm. from employer to employer. Mm-hmm. So whatever funds that you park there, you know, let's say you leave, you can take that your account to somewhere else. So you could have whatever money that you've you've been contributing towards it, which I think is pre-taxed yeah. and take it to your other employer. And you can use that for contributions for your um, for your, your next medical contributions or whatever emergencies happen there. So I don't and think, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to add that you can actually keep that HSA account all the way up to retirement. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have enough money to invest in stocks, bonds, contribute to your HSA, and you can actually invest the money in your HSA into stocks as well. So that can be your your investment portfolio and your uh, medical um, coverage. Oh, very nice. That's very interesting. I guess. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say a long note of books to read. Haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited to read it. Tiffany Amariche. I always say the budgetista just came out with a new book called Get Good With Money. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to get good with money. So <laughs> I just talk about Forex? Barnes and Noble. So. <laughs> what? Knock it off, Nicholas. Anyway. No, I think what the he said said. they talk about Forex. <laughs> No, <laughs> Tiffany, she she's not on that one, I don't think. <laughs> Janista, but what would you guys say? Um, I guess kind of since we're uh almost out of time, what would you say is the biggest takeaway or thing that you've applied um that a mentor told to you? Like a piece of advice. Hmm. And I, I guess I will say this, just as mm-hmm. this is what, when I was thinking about this question, mm-hmm. I was thinking about like, one, you guys are black men mm-hmm. in finance. You guys are probably one of the only individuals in your space. Um, you guys are high up in your career established. So what would you say is kind of the learnings that you can give to our listeners and, you know, our listeners are not only Black, they're across the board. And even now the country now, we have listeners in Jamaica. So what would you say is kind of like your piece of advice that either you wish you would have known or that your mentor actually gave to you that you applied that you were like, okay, now I get it, mm-hmm. you know, as you went through your career? The thing that stands out to me is there are no shortcuts to knowledge attainment. Mm. And one thing that I've realized myself is even if you pay somebody to manage your money or do whatever for you, you need to trust, but verify Mm. whatever it is that you're doing. I, I feel like you need to know, enough to be able to spot check what someone's doing for you and i, I i'll break earlier today we went uh, we're building a house my wife and i and uh we just went to you know take a look see what progress they've made and i remember i, I spotted an issue i mentioned it to the builder he said oh yeah we're going to fix that this is how we're going to fix it well guess what 
they patched it up and they didn't fix it. Oh. But I have it on camera. And if I didn't know enough to be able to spot check, you know, I would have missed it. And then I would have to live with the consequences. So even if it comes to your money, whatever the case may be, you have a financial advisor, you need to be able to know enough. You don't need to know more than them, but know enough to say, hey, something's wrong here. You know, be able to spot check them. Trust but verify. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I guess like the biggest thing for me is like, you know, from Cam to my other mentors throughout my career, they've always said, you're always going to need a mentor at whatever stage in your life that you're at, whether you're starting your new career, you're in the middle of it, or you're towards like the tail end, because at the end of the day, a mentor, like within like your firm or whatever, they've been there, they have that knowledge or experience that will take you to that next level, or they can help be your biggest supporter for getting you to that next level. Um, because you can, you can be like the best person on the job, but sometimes if you don't have that mentor or like that sponsor that can really vouch for you, um, you might get passed over for various opportunities, which is, which might not be fair, but it's, 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 uh, it's corporate. I mean, that's, it is what it is. So that's probably the biggest thing for me is just throughout life, just keep having, you know, mentors or mentorship or just mentors in general, keep in touch with them. Um, and always just keep trying to find, you know, new ones and don't think that you're ever going to never need anyone. Cause you're always going to need one throughout whatever stage of life you're going to be in, whether it's going to be for corporate or for like your own, like personal life as well, too. Um, always have someone that, you know, what you don't need to like formally seek them out. It can always be like a friend. And cause I would say like Cameron and I, like our, our, our relationship evolved from like mentorship to like, he's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, always, Likewise. Just, you know, <laughs> I always just keep I would just say like a, a mentor in whatever stage of life that you're in all right just a, a fun ending one unless Taylor you have something well I'll let you see you do your fun you do your fun. okay and then I'll let Taylor <laughs> say the last one I know both of you guys are well-traveled gentlemen what would you say was your favorite trip that you've taken around the country or around the, the world, around the world, around the world, around the world, and why? And Nick can go first because Cam's gone first. The rest, yeah. Uh, I'll, I, I would probably say Bali. So you know, babe and I, I was we we went there fall of sixteen, but that was my first foray into like the, um. I guess just overall like Asian culture and being immersed in it for a little over a week and mm-hmm. just how peaceful it was over there. And like, we, even though it was five years ago, it's still like, we didn't really use our cell phones while we were over there. So it was like the, probably like one of the most relaxing trips I've ever had there. I mean, just not there, but just in general. And too, like we went through a company called, I don't even know if they're still around called Travel Noir. So we went with like other black professionals that were right around our age. And like, we all just, gelled like that it was like I still keep in touch with several of them and like one of them like we always share memes with each other like every day um but that was probably one of the best trips I'd say followed by I know you didn't ask for this but Toronto um even though we went don't ask us why but we went um February and that was probably like it was like probably negative 30 or 40 at night but overall it was just a beautiful country shout out to the six would love to go there anytime other than the winter uh, but those are probably my top two. And we saw Cam there and Tara. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you plan this? Did you know that? No, it was like super it, random. That is so Great wild. minds think alike, you know? It was like super <laughs> random. I don't know like how it happened. I think I texted him like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm actually like in Canada. I'm like, what? We're in Canada. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh we ended up like linking up like real late at night and that was like our first time meeting Tara and mm -hmm. I don't know how long you guys have been dating or talking at that point I think you guys were still relatively yeah you know, we're, relatively we're new. new we were yeah. new we were yeah. new at that point but so. you know I, I guess I gotta follow your lead uh <laughs> favorite trip yeah hands down with my wife uh we went to Thailand um for her birthday actually two years ago um outside of that i would say my favorite trip uh, not with my wife was probably going to brazil and brazil was wild i mean it's <laughs> it, it is a definitely a different environment uh yeah. culturally and also and i hope i don't offend anyone by this but if you're not street smart you know there are a lot of obstacles that uh, can trip you up, and you know it's it's one. My wife, she's tired of hearing the stories, but you know I tell the story about, you know, going to Brazil and you know people trying to drug me in the clubs and all that. You know it was oh it was God. a good time. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so one for the history books. You know. <laughs> I want to go to Brazil, and hopefully no one tries to drug me. <laughs> we have, we have to have somebody go with Taylor. <laughs> I would just go by myself. No, day. you're not. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure she don't. I'd be like, yeah, girl, I'm in Brazil. No. <laughs> um, what was your last question? So I know Nick is not a believer. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is where I log off. See you guys. Thanks for, thanks for including me on there. <laughs> but I'm just curious. Cam, what's your zodiac sign? Um, I actually don't know. Um, May twenty first, so I think I'm on the cusp. Oh, he's yeah. a Gemini. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Depending on which one you look at, you know. But um, I've been told my personality corresponds more so to Gemini. But yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your going to be your question, Nicholas? Oh, I already know. Yeah, I believe you're an Aries, Taurus, cusp. I'm on the cusp, yeah, between the Aries and Taurus. Yeah, yep. yeah, which he acts like a Taurus, but <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I would ask just to grind Nicholas's gears a little bit. Taylor, just, Taylor, just ask us if, if, if we want to join 4X, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Do we want to make like money in five minutes and diversify our incomes? Just, just like, ask us that, Taylor. I have so many 4X trolls in our stat, babe. You the trolls I'll send you the Zoom link. <laughs> <laughs> all these chairmen are going to be calling me. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, all right. Well, thank you guys for coming. So, Cam, where can we find you? Uh, where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about Black Swan Financial or reach out to you for any financial advice? Well, uh, they can check out the, the channel on YouTube. Uh, you can just search for Black Swan Financial or you can go to youtube.com forward slash the letter C forward slash Black Swan Financial. Uh, they can also go to our website, which is bswanfinancial.com. And thanks so much, uh, Amber and Taylor, for having me. I've enjoyed it. 
and uh, hope to talk to you guys again soon. Awesome. And babe, if they want to, if they want to reach out to you for any questions or advice, (laughs) uh, thinking or et cetera, where can they reach out to you or find you? I mean, they can go through you. Uh, (laughs) No, (laughs) I mean, I'm always trying to get my follower game up on Instagram. So it's corp, C-O-R-P underscore executive. Or they can just email me, N-H-C-A-N-D-I-S at gmail.com. See, that's that Taurus energy I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys for coming today. We really do appreciate it. Yes. No, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you. You know, we're under the same household, but hey, stay safe and healthy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys. See ya. See ya. That was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of gems. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we got our financial literacy game in the bag. <laughs> um, there's still lots of work to do, um, but for sure, for sure, a very gem packed. Yeah, yeah. Episode. And I think it's really nice because it kind of feeds off the conversation that we had with Bianca mm-hmm. in last season. Yep. Because right now, we're in season three, guys. Season three. Woo-hoo! So we're in season three. So this is, um, it was good to kind of hear like, you know, little bits and pieces about, you know, our listeners getting financial advice and mm-hmm. things to think about. And then also from a different standpoint of like, if if we have listeners that are interested in getting their MBA mm-hmm. or in business school, yep. you know, some of the feedback or yep. some of the tips and tricks or advice you know and so yep I agree awesome so what's the self-care tip for the week so um I think so last week we talked about metamorphosis was that last week I think so yeah at some point we talked about metamorphosis Mm -hmm. the butterfly yes Mm -hmm. and uh because Nick Jr. was trying to say Mm -hmm. butterfly Mm -hmm. anyways so um one thing that I think you really have to do as you prepare to go through your metamorphosis is believe in yourself and your capabilities. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes that I'm sure um, most people who keep up with any memes on social media know is um, while you're over here, like second guessing your abilities, there's someone who is mediocre doing exactly what you dream of doing. And so a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves to you know, you should have a plan, but at the same time, we put so much pressure that we get decision paralysis, um, where we're just very unsure in our capabilities, and we don't believe that we could actually be the success that we dream. So um, I challenge y'all to find a way that gives you peace, but also pushes you to believe that you have the capabilities to achieve what it is that you most not your most wildish dreams but something that's obtainable for you right um be very honest in yourself and what you're going to sacrifice to do it because nothing good comes without a little bit of sacrifice Mm -hmm. um but I surely think that most people do not give themselves the credit that they deserve and believe in themselves to achieve higher so I just want to put that out there, affirm that you are capable, you're worthy, and get to it. Awesome. Yes. So what is our grind tip for the week? 
Um, so by this time, when we um, publish this episode, we'll be in summer. Okay. And so I would probably have to say for you guys, um, make sure as we are into summer that you are um, getting prepared for us to get to our next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can apply to now because right now we're in, I think we're in spring. Yeah, we're in spring for sure. Okay, I wasn't sure if the date. Well, you know, when Indiana has like all the seasons in one week, it gets <laughs> really confusing when it's 80 degrees, then snowing. I would get very confused, so I get it. Yeah, but it's spring. <laughs> so I would just say, you know, as you guys are in the summertime right now, um, and we are preparing to start the fall season again, uh, probably, you know, a few future weeks, I would say, you know, just start cleaning out your spaces and prepare space for your next adventure or your next season that you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for me, I give an example for myself. Right now we're in spring um, and I'm finding like myself trying to figure out I don't want to live the same way that I was in the winter time than I do in the springtime that I would in the summer, mm-hmm. whether that's like mental health, physical health, or that's like do, getting yourself prepared in the spaces that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we have been blessed to live in this house that um, God has allowed us to, for Nick and I to, to live in. And there's things that we want to do around it. And so I think like, you know, let's be grateful for what we have and get prepared for the next season. So, you know, summertime barbecues, different things like that. Now get in, in the space where most people are going to be vaccinated, mm-hmm. hopefully soon, mm-hmm. uh, at least the people that are in our circle. So get together and maybe like spend the time with individuals that you've been missing time with. Mm-hmm. Um you know, don't let any time pass by um, that you can, I don't know, share that time with now. Mm-hmm. I know that kind of sounds really confusing, guys, but I'm just kind of like in this mental space of being prepared and also being like changing up your environment. So being mindful. Yeah. yeah. Like in a mindful state. Yeah, I'm in mm-hmm. a mindful state right now. And I think you can apply that to your work life. You can apply that to your business life, your personal life. You know, we've been through a lot, you know, in 2020, mm-hmm. a lot more than others. And I think it's time for restoration, um, restoring, refreshing, rebuilding. Yes. And however that looks in your space, um, you know, I would challenge you to reflect and figure out how you can prepare yourself to be in the next season. Mm-hmm. Right now, as we're recording, we're in spring when we publish this because we power um record Mm -hmm. and we're in season three taylor and i you know you know in a couple of months we're going to be talking about season four yeah and that's going to be towards the fall time you know and i think it's really good for us to you know learn what we've done reflect you know figure out how we want to be bigger and better so our grind tip for the week is to practice mindfulness, mindfulness. and to prepare yourself for your next stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I domed it as season, but yeah. it could be your next stage in your career. It could be the next stage in your passion project. It could be next stage in a relationship. 
Yes. Um, it could be next stage in anything. So strive to vibrate higher always. Yeah. Or just, you know, if, if you're in a, a season of contentment, that, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's also time for you to be in the season of rest. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking to myself and I know Nick is probably rolling his eyes right now because I never rest. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> well, um, I say vibrate higher. I don't mean grind. I don't mean that. I mean, in the sense of like your mind state expanding your mind. Mm-hmm. So being able to rest peacefully yeah. and also... Um, be present. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that we often forget. Yeah, absolutely. So that is all that I have for you guys. Thank you. So Taylor, where can you find us? You can find us at theinnercircle.podgals on Instagram, or you can find us, email us, should I say, at theinnercircle.podgals at gmail.com. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, you guys have a wonderful week. Take care.